The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Prospect Podcast sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. James, it's a good day because the Reds completed the sweep of the Houston Astros. I don't know if there's anything better as a baseball fan, just baseball, not fantasy, but uh, when your team that's trying to claw and remain relevant sweeps the best team in baseball. Yeah, that was that was a pretty exciting game. I was enjoying the stuff from Nick Senzo. I would have liked to have get, gotten a win from Garrett Cole in that one, but I also don't mind a Roberto Ozuna blown save. So, Yeah, I love that. I mean, Ryan Presley picked up the hold his 19th. Ozuna still only three blown saves, but a you know, 232 ERA, that's good and all, but Presley 0-8-1. Let's make the change. Let's, let's make the Come change. On, I mean, I don't root for injuries in 99.9% of cases, but – I will make an exception with Roberto Ozuna. I have zero shares. He's a pretty terrible human. And if Ryan Presley all of a sudden got the closers gig, that would be a big, big win for me in like 70% of my leagues. Yeah, I, I think I have him in the other 30%. 
So yeah, that'd be huge for me as well. I, I kind of lacking that one. Well, I guess that kind of third rock solid closer in a lot of leagues. In a lot of cases, I need one really good one. He would be the the best of the bunch. Certainly, if he took over the role, let's see. But yeah, just getting three at home against the again the best team in baseball and pulling back within four of five hundred really makes me pumped up. I was starting to like lose interest just because. <laughs> Been on a, a bad losing streak before this, but hopefully they go to Milwaukee this weekend and uh, keep it going. But James, you have your latest farm futures up, short season rookie index and uh, rookie hitter index. The pitchers coming next week, I assume. No, they're at the bottom. Oh, I get you. I'm looking at the article now. It says short season slash rookie hitter index, but okay, the pitchers included as well. They're like- I, only, I included them just because. I mean, I someone asked last year, like, who are the pitchers to keep an eye on in rookie short season leagues i mean you should know i mean most people know these guys but i just listed the you know handful of guys 19 guys total that i think are worth rostering in deeper leagues but i mean it's really all about the hitters when the the short season leagues open up yeah the waiting on on pitchers who are at this level not as uh, appealing as waiting on some of these hitters who could be you know in a couple of years time some of the top prospects in all the game what kind of caveats, though, would you throw out there before really diving into the numbers on these guys? Well, I threw out uh, sort of appropriate ages for all these different levels. There's seven short season and rookie leagues, and there's kind of a different caveat that goes with sort of the Dominican Summer League. And then I think of the Gulf Coast League and the Arizona League as kind of the same deal. I think of the Appy League and the Pioneer League is, is sort of the same deal. And then the Northwest and New York Penn League is, is sort of the same thing. And and kind of starting off with the Dominican Summer League, I mean, that's the one that's been going for a couple of weeks now and the one where we have sort of the largest sample to work with. But you really, really got to be careful not to overreact to stats from the Dominican Summer League, especially on the hitting side. I mean, I mean, think of it as kind of a Arizona Fall League, but with just – terrible defense and even worse pitching horrible umpiring i mean it's it's really in every single sense it's the lowest level of professional baseball i mean a lot of these guys are still not even close to the physical specimens they're going to be a couple years from now you got 16 year olds 17 year olds uh just really if you you have any semblance of an approach at all in the dsl you're going to do really well it's also easy to rack up stolen base totals in that league. I mean, if you just it, – it'd be kind of like if you could steal, like, when you're in, like, fifth or sixth grade. Like, I mean, you're just – you're always going to be safe because the catcher is still just learning how to accurately throw, still doesn't really have the arm strength to control the run game. So uh, that aspect of it is is really noisy. And I think that the key is to kind of focus in on the guys that are in that league that – we were excited about coming into the year. You're going to get a lot of uh, false positives with people putting up crazy numbers in the DSL. And I'm guilty of this too. I mean, I I was never really a Malcolm Nunez guy last year with the Cardinals, but his numbers were just so good in the DSL that I felt like I, I needed to rank him in the top 200. And he got an aggressive assignment to low A this year, but I mean, he, he now is sort of a, a borderline top 400 prospect to me. I mean, he's a guy that I would, be fine cutting and he had the best numbers of anyone in the dsl last year so you really got to be careful with the numbers in that league and then also when we're looking at guys that are 16 17 18 
Uh, you really want to focus on up the middle guys if you can. If you're focusing on a corner guy, the right-handed, right-handed ones are the most risky because they really have to be able to hit right-handed pitching if they want to avoid the short side of a platoon. You also got to be careful of the guys that are already pretty big at this age if they're a corner guy because they could end up being DH-only prospects. So you really want to focus on the shortstops, the center fielders, um, you know, maybe maybe some second baseman, maybe some shortstops that might project to move to third base, but you don't want a guy necessarily who's already at first base as an 18-year-old or, or already, already at second base. I mean, I'm there's kidding. Kidding. so there's there's a, a caveat there in that a lot of these teams are just so loaded at shortstop that somebody's got to play second base. So it's not always a, a kiss of death if you're a second baseman, but I mean, I'd rather I'd rather roster a second baseman than uh, a first baseman or a, a left fielder or something like that. Nice. Well, you did uh, again break these this list down into tiers, and the first tier of the known studs. A lot of guys who we saw enter the year pretty high in your top 400. Also, this year's draftees, a lot of them slotting into this tier. Uh, Christian Robinson, the first guy you wrote up, then George Valera. Uh, before we get into specifics, uh, how many of these guys do you see advancing up to a full-season affiliate this year, if any? Uh, I think George Valera will. Uh, I think, let's see, maybe Brian Rocio, maybe Corbin Carroll. You know, maybe Christian Robinson. I think he's. I think they're really taking a uh, conservative approach with him. I mean, I think some teams sort of opened him at low A this year. Uh, you know, he's he's been awesome so far, but he's also striking out a decent amount. So I don't know about Christian Robinson getting to low A this year, but uh, the Indians guys are definitely ones to keep an eye on there. Uh, you know the the guys that are in like the New York Penn League. I mean, like if Everson, Everson Pereira uh, really started to hit over the next few weeks, maybe he gets to low A. Uh, maybe same thing with Anthony Flores. I mean, you you want to look at the guys that are in the Appy League, the New York Penn League. Uh, if those guys really hit, then I think their teams will give them a look at low A. But usually, the guys that are you know AZL, GCL, definitely DSL. Those guys aren't going to get to low A this year. And George Valera, only four games so far at, at the, uh, the short season affiliate there, but all four hits have gone for extra bases, two doubles, two home runs. It's a seven oh six slug. Uh, he's he's really interesting. Is he rising up your list yet, or is he just kind of holding holding ground? Uh, I did some uh, I did some tweaking uh, after the article went up today. With the I got through about the top seventy or so, the top four hundred. So did some updates there. He's up to thirty six. Uh, I think that's probably maybe four or five spots higher than he was uh, coming into the day. But, you know, with a guy with guys like Valera and guys like Robinson, there's not a ton of immediate upward momentum possible because I already had them ranked aggressively. Right, right. Like, they really only had room to, to fall, you know, if they didn't meet expectations. It's more the guys that were kind of in the – like 100 to 200 range or the 200 to 400 range or maybe even off the list, those are the guys that can have the the huge uh, rises over the, the next 10 weeks. Yeah, good to know. Uh, Christian Robinson, he's really showcasing his speed early on. Three steals in just five games. Stri- strikeouts have been a little bit of an issue, though. Nine in uh, 23 plate appearances. How much is the swing and miss a concern for you with Christian Robinson? Oh, it's it's – always going to be there you know he's he's a really big 
kid. I mean, he's uh, a guy with big power, long levers. I don't expect him to ever be like a sub 20% strikeout guy. I mean, the strikeouts are always going to be there. Um, he's a really smart hitter, though. I mean, he, he knows what pitchers are trying to do to him. I'm not that worried about the strikeouts so far at all. You know, if, if we get to August or something and he's striking out 35% of the time, that'll be a little concerning, especially considering they are kind of giving him a – this is a pretty easy assignment for him based on what he did last year. So I would expect him to kind of round into form and finish the year with like a 25% strikeout rate, something like that. Uh, this is, I mean, the the profile is just huge power, big speed, and there's going to be some swing and miss. I mean, the, the hit tool is kind of the lowest of, of his uh, three fantasy relevant tools. But, you know, as long as he is getting on base enough to put that speed to use, uh, I think he's going to be a really special prospect. Now, in Marco Luciano's player outlook for this season, you pointed out that um, the top international prospects from the last four J2 classes, Vlad Jr., Kevin Maiton, Wander Franco, and then Luciano. Um, one is not like the other, it seems like, Kevin Maiton, but uh, Luciano, does he have among the, the highest ceiling in all the minors? Yeah, because he theoretically could be a, a five-category monster. Uh, you know, the speed, you know, we'll, we'll see how fast he is by the time he gets to the big leagues, but his He's bat... Only 17 right now. Right. His, his bat is incredibly fast. I mean, it's big, big power potential. I mean, he's kind of, he, you know, physically he reminds me a lot of Fernando Tatis Jr. at the same age, just incredibly athletic, incredibly fluid. Uh, there's probably going to be some swing and miss there with him um, throughout his career, but it's just you're really betting on the power... Uh, and the fact that when he does make contact, you know, kind of like Tatis, that he just does so much when he does make contact that you don't really care about the strikeouts. Very nice. Another J2 guy from a couple of years back, Everson Pereira of the Yankees. Not off to a great start. Three games, though, so who cares? But he's 18 years old, Yankees uh, outfielder. Um, what's, what's the skill set look like with Everson Pereira? Well, when he was signed, he was kind of um, – sort of like Misael Urbina with the Twins where you were hoping for kind of a leadoff guy with power and speed. Uh, there's been more swing and miss with him, but the Yankees have also been pretty aggressive with where they've assigned him. So uh, not super worried about anything with him. It, it's hopefully just kind of a, you know, 20 homers, 20 steals, decent batting average, that type of thing. Uh, but we really kind of I want, I want to see how it plays out here over the, the coming weeks with him and his org mate, Antonio Cabello. I mean, those guys both have pretty high ceilings. Cabello probably has a higher ceiling, but uh, he's also probably got a lower floor, I think, than Pereira. But, I mean, really exciting players. And, you know, the Yankees, the Indians are kind of among the teams with just the most representation in this this article. I mean, those are some loaded clubs on, down on the lower levels. Yeah, absolutely. Now, mention that these leagues are just getting underway, but has any of the this year's draftees caught your eye with anything they've done? Uh, no, because they're all barely into game action. I mean, a lot of them haven't even signed yet. The ones that have signed, a lot of them haven't started playing yet. So, you know, you, you might have a couple games of a guy or a couple games of, of a different guy. I mean, it's just really nothing to 
kind of draw any conclusions from so far. Yeah. Hopefully, like a, a couple weeks from now, maybe three, four weeks from now, we'll have a bit of a sample size to talk about. Absolutely. By the way, you know, not related to anybody mentioned in your article, but Zach Gallen getting the call. Uh, we've been talking about him for weeks and weeks. It's good to finally see that. Um, any any thoughts on what the the ratios could like look like with Gallon? Uh, you know, I just moved him up to fifty one overall on the top four hundred. He was in the I think high sixties. Uh, I think we're probably looking at you know hopefully like a mid threes ERA and and a like one one five one two whip that type of thing. I mean that's You're pretty darn good. Yeah, that's nice definitely what i am hoping for i don't really expect the strikeouts to translate like as it might look on paper like i don't think he's just going to be this strikeout machine at the big league level but he's got so many pitches and and he's just sort of so good at uh, locating to both sides of the plate i mean his pitch ability is really kind of off the charts and it's kind of what allows the whole profile to, to play up a little bit so I'm really excited to have Gallon in the majors. It, it sucks that it came at the expense of a, a Pablo Lopez injury, but um, yeah, really excited to to see him. That's tomorrow, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that sucks about Pablo Lopez. Uh, he was really turning things around. He really has had a good year altogether, aside from that one poor start uh, against the Mets where he got absolutely rocked. But uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing Gallon. And by the way, I, I really don't like first-come, first-served leagues. Let me just say that. <laughs> Um, let me have a chance at the guy. And I know people are probably saying, Hey, you work at Rotowire, you're probably just sitting around all day. Um, and I am sitting around, but not, I'm not focused on the newswire all, all yeah, the time. I was way better at first chance leagues before I started working yeah, than yeah. I was afterwards. Exactly. Cause like you just, the only fantasy baseball stuff you did was focus on your rosters. Right. Now it's just kind of, sometimes I'll even be writing something about a guy where, you could would, go pick him up. It would make up. sense for me to go yeah. pick him up, and I don't even think of it because I'm just kind of busy, and then somebody else picks him up. I'm like, oh. I yeah, I think I saw the gallon news break like immediately, but then I was like doing something else, and so I missed him. Oh, well. Fortunately, well, I've been stashing him for about two months in the stake league, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a stash that could pay off. Absolutely. Well, James, let's get back to your article, uh, Short Season Hitter Index, and uh, Rookie Hitters as well. Anybody in this uh, top tier that we haven't talked about that you really – Want to shout out? Uh, you know, a lot of these guys should be owned. I think, you know, 75% of them should be owned in any kind of serious dynasty league already. Uh, the ones that might not. Well, actually, one one thing that really stood out to me was that Alexander Canario uh, is back in the AZL. He's repeating that level. And, I mean, it's not like he was terrible there last year. But I think the, the Giants have this sort of uh, – these four uh, high-end teenage prospects that I think they kind of just want to have climb the ladder together. So I think that that's part of the reason why Canario was held back. So uh, he's 19. He's still in the AZL. Um, that's not necessarily ideal, but he's he's raking early there. Uh, but the guys that I would keep an eye out for that might be available, it seems like the Nationals are going to send – Jeremy De La Rosa straight to the Gulf Coast League and and have him skip the Dominican Summer League, which is a really good sign about what they think of him. He was their top uh, J2 guy last year. Uh, Oslives Basabe, Jonathan Rodriguez, Juan Pierre, Luis Toribio, those are guys that I had 
ranked kind of around you know the 200 225 range coming into the year but they're guys that i think are still out there in a in a good chunk of leagues and they're all off to pretty good start so i would i would sniff around see if they're available in your league and then alexander vargas who was the uh yankees top j2 guy this past year is off to a great start in the dsl so uh, the guys towards the bottom of that tier are the ones that might be available in some leagues i think the top guys are probably all gone by now Nice. And the next tier is pedigree guys who could pop, and a lot of players listed here. And you mentioned that many of these players are either already ranked or will be ranked in the next top 400 update. Do you know how many approximately are ranked and how many from this tier are going to be unranked? Uh, I would guess maybe a third of these guys are ranked right now. Uh, Some of them are off to really good starts. Some of them not so much. Um, You know, I... I could throw out a few guys just from the tier that I think are going to be big risers uh, by the time I get to them. Um, Alejandro P.A., who was the Rays top J2 guy last year, he's a 6'4 shortstop. He's in the DSL, but I'm really, really impressed with his bat-to-ball skills so far. He was a guy that was an easy top 300 guy coming into the year, and he's shown that speed not really worried about him getting to power at this stage of his development, but just given his upside in all five categories, it's just really encouraging to see that approach taking shape for him. So he's going to be a big riser. Um, Eduardo Garcia, a shortstop that was the Brewers top uh, J2 guy last year. He's probably already a top five real life prospect in that system, which isn't really saying much, but 16 year old really after a great start in the DSL, uh, kind of like with PA, I'm just kind of worried about the plate skills and seeing how the hit tool looks early on because I don't expect much power to be there, but there's speed and he's going to be able to stick at shortstop. So uh, those are a couple guys that are off to really, really good starts in this tier. Nice. I know a lot of people listening have to are saying to themselves, you know, I act after James has acted and moved a guy up or down. How do, how much of a sample do you need to see before you start moving a guy up? Like, what what do you look for? Where do you check online where you go, all right, this is a guy that is impressing well at these rookie levels. He needs to be a priority in Dynasty Leagues. I'm moving him up. Well, I say this in the article, like, you know, these are going to be small samples, but with almost all these guys, what they do between now and the end of the regular season is the most important data we have on them to date so far more than the scouting reports and all that yeah Yeah. and and you want to i think the scouting reports are a great place to start and that's why i kind of said like especially with the dsl guys uh it really means more when it's a guy that we were expecting big things of coming into the year and then they kind of confirm that than if it's a guy who signed for like 125,000 and just has a really good run in the dsl uh, you you still want to go after the the high pedigree guys, uh, but you know with guys like PA and and Garcia, um, this is their pro debut. Like this is the only info we have on them in terms of game action. So even if it's only twelve games or fifteen games, that still means a lot to me because it's just more than we had coming into the year, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's just a huge part of their profile to date. So uh, if it's a guy that I had high expectations of coming in the year and they kind of are meeting those expectations, I'll quickly bump them up. Even if it's only been 12 or 15 games, especially if it's their, their pro debuts. Uh, if it's a guy who 
you know, we've got a year's worth of data on already and they're getting off to a hot start and they're at like kind of an age appropriate level. Maybe I'll be slower to, to give them the benefit of the doubt there. But for, for a lot of these guys that are going to be big risers, um, Adinso Reyes for the, the Tigers, another guy that, that comes to mind in this tier. A lot of the guys that are going to be big risers, this is their the only pro data we have on them. So um, you want to look at the scouting reports. You want to look at, you know, what's the, the story on this guy? How much did he sign for? How you know highly touted was he when he signed? That's all really important. But, I mean, the on-field stuff, this is kind of all we have on a lot of these guys. Absolutely. Well, before we move on, a quick word from our sponsor, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. America's pastime is back. The smell of the grass, the crack of the bat, and now that sensation of money burning a hole into your pocket. Let's play Yahoo Daily Fantasy and find a baseball contest that's right for you. Go head-to-head against a friend or find someone online. With Quick Match, you'll only go up against another player of your skill level. Play for free or for cash, but the best part is there's no management fee. You will keep 100% of your winnings or play in groups for a larger pot in bigger bragging rights and guaranteed prize pool contests. Every day there's a no-management-fee contest, meaning we take nothing and all players have a better chance to win. And for you really obsessive fans out there, you can set up a league that can spend anywhere between two contests and an entire season. Yahoo! Daily Fantasy is easy to play. Just deposit some cash, choose a game, and get to winning. So come make a deposit and get started. Use promo code ROTO25. That's promo code ROTO25 for $25 in free play with your first deposit. The sooner you get to playing, the sooner you can get to winning. Go to yahoo.com slash daily fantasy today. You could be celebrating tonight. James, I'll tell you one guy who's uh, down in the next tier, uh, sleeper tier, but I want to pick him up right now if I can. That's Luis Angel Acuna, and the only reason I want to pick him up is because I just found out about him, (laughs) and he's Ronald Acuna's brother. So, I mean, give me all the Luis Angel Acuna shares. Yeah, I... You know, I that was the one guy when I was doing research for this article where I just kind of couldn't wait to talk about him until the podcaster or the article. Like I just was like, well, okay, I know this guy is Acuna's brother. So how's he doing? And the, the minute, and like I was sort of thinking to myself, like as I'm waiting for like the page to load, I'm like, I'm almost sort of hoping he's not off to a crazy hot start because <laughs> that it's just like, oh boy, here we go. Uh, but sure enough, he's he's just absolutely raking in the DSL. Uh, different type of player than his brother. He's a 5'10 second baseman. He's he's started some games at shortstop, but you would think with a guy like that, uh, given his pedigree, I mean, he was a he wasn't a, a seven figure guy this past J two class, but he was a notable signee. You would think that he would have been just only playing shortstop if that's where he's going to end up. And the fact he's 5'10 kind of does lead you to believe that it is probably second base with him although he could continue to grow i mean he's still 17 years old but i mean ronald's not that tall no i think he's six feet right like something like that um now he obviously acuna is a great example of just how much damage a guy who's even you know just six feet can can do in terms of the power department i mean he's gonna have some 40 plus homer seasons in his career um was he a j2 guy Oh yeah. 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 Um, so he is eligible to be picked up. He is eligible to be picked up. Uh, watch out. (laughs) uh, My final few dollars in RDI. (laughs) We're going towards. Why why is he not in the above tier? The pedigree guys. He's fair game. Um, because I, I limited that tier to guys that got seven figure deals either out of the draft or during the July two signing bonus. I mean, signing period. I mean, that's, that's really still important to me. It's just, 
you know, what did these guys sign for? Uh, a lot of the times it doesn't necessarily matter because sometimes these deals are agreed to um, months and months before they actually sign. And then sometimes their stock has fallen in the, like between the ages of 15 and 16. You know, if a guy gets too big or maybe just doesn't grow the way you expected between the age of 15 and 16, that can hurt a guy's stock. So signing bonus isn't everything, but it's still a really good indicator of, of mm-hmm. a guy's pedigree. And, and Acuna did not get – he was a J2 guy, but he did not get uh, close to seven figures. Uh, so Was this even after Ronald kind of broke out? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they probably um, – They'd probably agreed to something with him before Acuna debuted, but like I said, I mean, a five ten guy that people don't expect to play shortstop, no yeah. matter who you're related to, that's not going to be a a big time bonus on the international market. Interesting. One guy too in this, uh, uh, actually in the next tier, but I know he was he used to be pretty highly ranked. Um, Miguel Geraldo still shows up. Your top four hundred, but have you, has he sour? Have you soured on him for any reason? Even though he hasn't really been playing, uh, I just don't love the body. Uh, I think he's a little more physically mature than I would want a teenage guy to be, and he's he's already not going to be a shortstop, and uh, there's not going to be speed there. It's really just he's got to hit. He's got to hit for power. Um, he was a tough guy to to slot though because I wanted to put him in the pedigree tier, but he, he only got 750,000. Um, and the fact that I, you know, he's, he's towards the bottom of my top 400. Now I felt fine just putting him in that, that best of the rest here. But, uh, I mean, there's a chance he could be a guy that hits for a high average and gives you 25 homers. That's still in play. It's just when he's kind of physically mature at this age it really puts a lot of pressure on the bat yeah so getting back to the sleepers tier jumping back up obviously again you said you're ranking these guys in this article you know approximately in the same order that they'll show up on the well, top four. not in this uh, in this in these middle tiers i just went by team um, oh i see yeah, I, you d- moved I mean that part it would have right. taken me another couple hours if i tried to rank within all these tiers so yeah so is there anybody in this sleeper tier that you're Maybe more fond of than the pack. Uh, Angel Martinez is a third baseman in the Indian system who is off to a crazy good start in the DSL. I know he's, I think he's already been picked up in uh, one of my dynasty leagues. Uh, so people are, are taking notice to what Angel Martinez is doing. He's a potential five category guy. He's showing that speed uh, pretty early on. Uh, Luis Matos in the Giants system. Uh, he was a – I don't think he was a seven-figure guy last J2 period, but he was a easy six-figure guy, and he's off to a really good start. He's got the kind of body we're looking for. Like I, if – when I'm looking at these guys, like the first thing I do is look at just, well, where where are they physically? And, and a lot of the listed weights and, and heights may not be accurate, but you you want a guy that's, you know, 5'11", foot and 165 170 pounds like you don't want a guy who's already 200 pounds or already 195 pounds if they're only six feet because that just the body's going to go in the wrong direction going forward uh you also don't really want 
like there's a lot of guys in the Dominican Summer League who are like 5'8 and like 150 who are putting up really good numbers just because their strike zone is so small that if they just have a patient approach, they can put up massive numbers. Uh, so you want to stay away from the 5'8, 5'9 guys if you can and the guys that are like 145, 150 pounds. Um, so Matos really kind of fits into that that nice range of, of what we're looking for in size. Uh, Elio Prado, a guy in the Red Sox system who was a, a notable signing last year in the, the J2 period, but not a, not a notable enough guy for me to even write a note on his signing. He was just kind of one of their handful of second-tier guys. He's off to an awesome start, and in the Dominican summer league. So I think those are guys that are sort of on my, my short list of potential ads, Raphael Morel, a shortstop in the Cubs systems. Another guy who's after a really good start in the DSL. I can't wait for baseball to tell us, Oh, we sent the major league ball down to the uh, short season leagues too, to really throw off uh, the player evaluation process. Uh, but James, um, you and Ian Khan and the road wire dynasty invitational have kind of assumed your spot atop the, the rankings is kind of destiny. Uh, you guys are killing it. Maybe probably two of the best dynasty players um, out there that I know. And I'm just kind of wondering, you know, talking about churning your minor league spots, churn and burn, how many of these rookie-level players should you be picking up if you're a dynasty player? Like, should you have a certain number of these guys on your roster at the end of the year, just given the upside? Um, You know, that's a really tough question and it's you know what are you like what are you trying to do I guess with the minor league spots like if Mm -hmm. if you are a very active trader like sometimes what Ian wants in a prospect and what I want in a prospect don't overlap because he wants someone who's close to the majors that he uh, can try to flip for something Um, I don't really care about ETA. I just rank guys, some guys I love that are close to the majors, some guys I just don't care about if I don't think they're that good. Uh, I also like pitching prospects, I think, more than he does, and and I think he doesn't like them because they're tougher to trade, which is obvious, but I, I'm not as active of a trader as he is in my, in my dynasty leagues, um, so I'm fine rostering uh, pitching prospects that I really like. Um, if you obviously, if you are trying to end up with a future top fifty or top twenty-five prospect, you have to throw some darts at the guys in these lower levels. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. you're just very, very rarely gonna end up picking up a guy who's at like high A and have him develop into a a top fifty prospect. Usually, those you gotta guys, get him at this level. You have to get him in the rookie levels or even before they debut. I mean, guys like Noel V. Marte in the, the Mariner system or Masail Urbina in the twin system. Like if you didn't roster those guys before short season league started, then you didn't roster them. And uh, Gabriel Rodriguez in, in the Indian system, another guy like that. Uh, if you, if you care about upside and that's something that's really important to you, or at least sort of perceived upside, I think you have to be, you know, using a couple of your minor league spots at least on these guys. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you, like, say you go out and you pick up Angel Martinez in the Indian system today. Well, if he struggles for a few weeks and you see somebody else you like, I mean, you can jump ship and you can kind of um, keep churning those spots. Uh, But 
if you snooze, you lose on these guys. I mean, as soon as you sort of see someone where you're like, ooh, man, I'm, I really want that. Like if it's Luis Angel Acuna, I mean, you should be putting your bids in as soon as you sort of see that guy because everyone's kind of working with a lot of the same information. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are looking at the same rankings, same list and everything like that. So uh, you can't really sit around and wait for the sample size to get so big that you're you're very confident. You kind of have to jump early on some of these guys. So I think it's a mistake to ignore the lower levels. But I also think there's there's a level of prospect that you shouldn't be dropping for these types of players i mean like i wouldn't i wouldn't drop like a like so in in rdi we have like braxton garrett and Luis gill who are a couple pitching prospects in full season ball i'm not dropping those guys to pick up a rookie level hitter i mean they're they're probably guys on our roster that we can drop looking at you lucas sims (laughs) uh but you know you you don't want to just only chase low-level upside guys because there's still a, a pretty big bust rate on these guys before they get to, to full season ball. I mean, for every Ronald Acuna, there's five guys that back in rookie ball ha- seemed like they had that type of upside and then just never amounted to anything. So you can't just put all your chips in that basket. That's interesting. I appreciate you laying that out. Just a strategy question that I think is important to address because um, – you know, a lot of times I have a tendency to focus on my big league roster and I don't do that churn, but it's important just to have that churn going, even if you do cut bait with some of these rookie level pickups and, a couple of weeks later. But just having a couple lottery tickets is good. Yeah, and it, it also very much matters where you're at in the standings. Like if you are like say you're in sixteenth or seventeenth place in like a twenty team league, you're clearly not competing this year, you're clearly not competing next year you should probably be rostering like 10 of these guys mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you don't, it, you shouldn't be rostering some 28 year old big leaguer who is just a, a hair above replacement level. Like you should be rostering as many of these guys as you can, but if you're, so I shouldn't be holding on to Charlie Culberson. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, that's interesting. I got lazy this week. Didn't, <laughs> didn't cut him. I also, but one guy I will be churning on my minor league roster, not a prospect anymore, but Ian Happ, uh-huh. It's time to churn that roster spot. I think I think so. You know, yeah. I mean, like, I'd rather take a flyer on one of these guys. You know, for for instance, uh, even a guy like a guy like Ian Desmond, who's having a better year than I would have expected this year for the Rockies. Like, if if our team was in twelfth place or thirteenth place or something like that, I would try to trade him. I would take whatever draft pick I could get for him. And then I would use that spot on uh, a lower level hitter. But for us, you know, a guy like that is valuable because we're trying to win this year. Um, so it just it totally depends where you're at, where your team's at in terms of contention. Like, I just don't roster guys if I, if I don't think my competitive window is going to open till 2021. I look at like everyone on my roster and say, well, what's that guy going to be in 2021? And if he's not going to be a part of my team, then I either cut him or trade him. I don't really care about if I can't get a trade partner on someone like that, a veteran, then I'll just cut him. Like even if, even if he gets picked up the next week for 10 or 15 bucks, like at least I'm using that roster spot on something that can help me. Yeah. I think it's important to not only be, 
you know, upgrading your major league roster, but upgrading those minor league spots. Because if you, there's just so much that can change with the player's outlook long term in the span of a few months. If you go into the offseason with the same uh, minor league keepers that you went into the season with that you drafted, <laughs> you're going to have a pretty uh, lackluster list of. You're prospects. just a bad dynasty player if yeah. you do that. Yeah. You, you have to be. You have to be willing to to drop guys and like in in TDGX. I'm uh, not competing this year. I'm hoping that I can sort of start competing next year. But I've had to cut some guys that I I still like. But you can only roster forty players, so you know I'm trying to make the most of of my roster spots. Like I, I cut Hudson Potts like a week ago, a guy that I've been on for for a couple of years and. You know, I know he's really young for double A, but I just wanted to free up that spot. I, di- I didn't want to continue to be patient with him when there were guys available on the wire that I was was higher on. You know, I mean, you have yeah. to make some tough decisions. Absolutely. Before we move on, a quick note from one of our sponsors. <laughs> Tired of the grind trying to win on DraftKings or FanDuel, spending so much time trying to set the perfect lineup only to fall short of winning big. Well, our friends at Prize Picks have created the most simple and fast daily fantasy game. All you have to do is choose over or under correctly on a player's fantasy point projections to win. No competing against thousands of pros while trying to meet a salary cap. With prize picks, it's just you versus the projections. Prize picks has new boards of selections up every day covering players from Major League Baseball, the NBA, PGA, NHL, UFC, NFL, NCAA football, and more. They're also the first DFS site to allow you to make cross-board entries so you can go under on Joey Votto, while taking Tiger on the over, Prize Picks really is daily fantasy simplified. Visit rotowire.com slash prize picks to sign up now or use promo code WIRE. That's promo code W I R E when you download the Prize Picks app. Uh, James, you mentioned that you kind of just threw the, the pitchers at the bottom here. Um, again, these guys not as appealing as long term stashes as the hitters for obvious reasons. Uh, but anybody here that you want to talk about in, in particular? Uh, Adam Kloffenstein was a prep righty the Blue Jays took last year, and then Ethan Hankins, a prep righty the Indians took last year. Both those guys are throwing now at affiliates, which is really good to see. I mean, you you don't know if a guy's healthy or not until they start pitching in games. So when a guy like Kloffenstein hadn't pitched in like a year in a game, like for all we know, he might have been dealing with like some serious like shoulder injury that whole time. So it's just good to see those guys in game action so that we know they're healthy. Um, OCL Rodriguez, who was a, a top J2 signed by the Yankees last year, he's in the Dominican Summer League. He's a very, 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 very rare exception to the the rule of sort of not rostering DSL pitchers. I think he's got frontline upside and he's a well-known name so like you can't really wait on him if you want to roster him you probably have to do it before he comes stateside uh not saying i would roster him but like he's talented enough where you could you could make that move Uh, a lot of the guys like kind of the back half of the guys i listed here might not even be ranked on the next top 400 update but i just threw in some some names just in case People are in in really deep leagues and are looking for a high upside young pitcher to roster. Yeah, there's got to be like what 100 plus names here, maybe 187. Jeez, so uh, really good stuff. Really thorough look at these uh, short season hitters and some pitchers as well. I recommend just bookmarking this page and you coming back, check it, clicking through to their player page, see what they're doing over the rest of the year because um, 
yeah, these guys, you know, these lottery tickets could hit big if you if you get the right one. Um, James, really appreciate it. Want to move on now to the final segment of the show. We're going to be talking about uh, commercial hip hop hits that are still near and dear to our heart. And I got one that um, I got a good one today, really good one. I was thinking about including it on the collabs countdown because it is a collaboration, but the the collaborator more of a, a singer. And so, well, the, well okay, we're get to we're it. coming from the exact same. <laughs> been then because mine was one that i considered for the collabs too but i it's mine's technically a collab but i view it as more of kind of a the good parts of it I, to me are just by by one guy so I'm, I'm excited to see what yours is that's crazy maybe we have the same one i i doubt it but it's got a lot of play on you know rap city the basement when i used to watch that in the summer a lot of bet a lot of mtv jams as well eric sermon featuring marvin gay oh, music nice. is that yours no, no okay no. good I uh, love this song. Still bump it all the time. It's one of my favorite tracks, really, of all time. Um, Eric Sermon, of course, EPMD, a uh, long-time guy. Never a guy that I really got into his solo stuff, but this song has stuck with me. No, I I was never even – I I think EPMD is overrated. I think uh, Eric Sermon, other than this song, like just doesn't really have anything in his catalog that I think is – you know, must no. listen to material, but this is kind of a, like, he's almost a one hit wonder to me, which is crazy to say about a guy that's sort of viewed as like a, an OG, like a legend, yeah. but I guess I've never really given him a thorough listen to his solo stuff, but I just don't want to. <laughs> I'm good with this song. Yeah. Um, this song, it can, you know, he could live in a, a positive light in my head for the rest of uh, my life. Anyone that ever wants to sample Marvin Gaye, I'm sure it's expensive to do that, but it's always, Always a good move. Yeah, I don't remember another like commercial hit from Eric Sermon after this, but I, this song I love. Um, I think this was late '90s, early 2000s, and um, song that's probably one of my favorite all-time commercial jams. We were actually doing a list. This may be top five, but since we didn't sit down and actually plot out the list, I'm just going to throw it out now as my first choice because this was an easy one. This was kind of when we first did this. This was one that popped in my head right away. Nice. All right. Mine is, is kind of, um, you know, same sort of qualifications. Like I, it was never like number one overall song in the country, but it might, it was probably the number one hip hop song in the country for a while. And I remember the music video very, very clearly. And it's a victory off of Puff Daddy and the family. Okay. But like I said, to me, it's just a biggie track. Like I, yeah. I know that uh, Puff Daddy's on it. I know Buster Rhymes is on it, but to me, it's it's the best lyrical song by Notorious B.I.G. Uh, that he that he ever wrote, and it's it's a shame that it was one of the last songs that he ever wrote. But um, I think just the the lyrics from Biggie on Victory are just eighty grade as eighty grade gets, and it makes it extremely listenable to me, even though. You know, I could do without Puff Daddy, and and really, like, I could kind of do without the Buster Rhymes part of this song too. But uh, the the beat is the beat is absolutely excellent, and I'm sure Diddy had a hand in that. So, yeah, Diddy will not be making an appearance on my list because I'd be lying <laughs> if I said I still listen to any of his songs. But that's fine. Like I said, this is a Biggie song to me. It's, it's <laughs> off a Puff Daddy album, but it's mm-hmm. it's really. You know, seventy five percent of it at least is is big. You know, maybe like special delivery. Maybe did I include that on my collabs list? Maybe yeah. I did. <laughs> that's that's not a good song. 
Come on. It's got ghosts in it. That's not terrible. I don't know. Maybe if I listen to it again, it'd be really bad. Ghost Ghost is good on that song, but like some of the the guys G-Dep? that <laughs> G Dep is I think G Dep's a really bad rapper. Yeah, he's not not great. <laughs> I think I had one of G Dep's solo albums, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't expect to have any Diddy or any bad boy in general. Oh, I know. I Maybe know. Um, I I have to actually like like Whoa or uh, is that what's called Whoa by Black Whoa, Rob? Whoa, yeah. Uh, you know who there. just changed their walk up song to that is Aaron Hicks. I did see that. That's what actually was in my head. He's out. Apparently, of, he's, it was an old Jeter walk up. Yeah, I didn't realize that's that. way too cool of a song for Jeter yeah. to come up to. I was but, shocked when I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> assumed it would be some like Nelly or something. <laughs> um, well, we'll continue on with this countdown next week. We'll have some more commercial bangers that are still playable today when we kick things back off next week. We'll talk to you then on the Roadwire Prospect Podcast sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.